Allow me a quick introduction. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Well, they said it wouldn't last. I don't know who they are, but they're out there. But here we are, back with episode two, episodio dos of the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Last week, we premiered with a bunch of introductory stuff, and now we're going to be digging like an old steam shovel. We have so much to get to, we need to be quick with this intro. This week, we celebrate the week of Inner Miami's historic MLS home opener by welcoming a very special guest, Ray Hudson, the magisterial former striker star turned brilliant broadcasting phrase smith. We play Greg Cody Doesn't Know the Movies, in which my two sons attempt to verify whether my cinematic knowledge is as embarrassing as they think it is. And we welcome to the show ESPN NBA expert Amin El Hassan, who thinks he was the first guest on our podcast, but will be sadly and perhaps angrily disappointed. He's here for a deep dive into the Miami Heat and how far this team can go in the playoffs. Look, the two interviews turned out great. You're going to love them. But what's in between? Greg Cody doesn't watch the movies. Is a special must-listen. You get to meet my second son, and they basically spend 10 minutes laughing at me. We had a great time recording it. We got other stuff for you, too, but hey, you picked a great day to be here, and let's get started with a guy I think I've known longer continually than anybody else in this sports market. He helped write the history of soccer in South Florida. Now you catch him broadcasting the sport on BN Sports, on Sirius XM Radio, and this year as a color analyst on Inner Miami telecasts. Even if you don't know a free kick from a free lunch, you'll want to listen to this guy. It's Ray Hudson. Thanks for joining us, Ray. No, very welcome, Greg. Always great to be on with you. Before we get to Inner Miami, um, I, I did want to relive a little bit of uh, of the early days because you and I, you and I are about the same age, and we're talking about a, an era in South Florida sports. This was before the Miami Heat, before the Florida Panthers, before the Miami Marlins. UM football was before its yeah. heydays, and so other yeah. than the Dolphins, man. The, the strikers were big back then. People don't realize that. I remember those post-game parties and where yeah. players were mingling with fans. I mean, that was a just a special time. Sure. It was a great turn-on for the sports community, you know, um, and trying to seduce them onto a sport where the vast majority, other than uh, the people who had emigrated for the, uh, in the United States from South America and from Europe, really didn't have too much of an affinity with, with football, with soccer. Um, uh, right from the first day I came into the immigration stopped me and said, what are you here for? She said, I'm here to play soccer. And he says, you're here to play soccer? What the hell is that? And I had no idea. Oh, that's that, that game. You hit the ball upside your head. Okay. And, and it, was, it was just, it was, it was a weird landscape to drop in on. And then the big starts 
the big stars of world football started to arrive, Greg, and that just bubbled up this profile onwards and upwards. And Mr. and Mrs. Joe Robbie, Elizabeth and Joe, were wonderful owners. And I remember running into uh, the great Don Shula uh, at times, and, it, and, and I'd say, hey, you got to get me in this kicking game. You know, I wanted <laughs> to be a field kicker. When I, when I saw how much they were being paid, and, uh, you know, after you just run on, you kick the ball, and that's it. I'm running my heart out for 90 minutes in 90-degree <laughs> weather. Give me a shot at that. I can be good. And Jan van Beveren, who was the goalkeeper, Jan was pushing him to be the uh, a, a wide receiver. Uh, so many great, great memories. Yeah, and as we segue to the present tense and, and inner Miami, I want to mention the Miami Fusion, which was South Florida's first go at at MLS in, I think, 98 to 2001. I hear a lot of skeptics say, well, why is it going to succeed now when it failed once before? The journey begins again. And uh, with uh, Inter Miami CF um, and this new development, which I'm sure will have learned a lot of from the mistakes that the Miami Fusion incurred. And um, it, it's a brand new start. This is a whole different ambitious uh, project that is taking place between Fort Lauderdale and Miami, which is where the team will eventually uh, transfer to. But there'll be this umbilical cord between Fort Lauderdale and Miami. This will be the area where the youth system is built. The trainers, the players will train up here in this phenomenal facility. And um, all of that is in place thanks to these amazing owners, George and Jose Mass. And, um, of course, David Beckham, who is always going to be a magnet to, to all of what is good in, 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 in world-quality football. What do you think of the, the team itself? It seems like a little bit of a, a pedestrian roster to me overall in the, in the context of the star power that was hinted at. I know um, they, they still may bring in a number nine this summer. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how you see the roster and what you imagine they, they could do this summer. Yeah, I'm really not being flippant when I say this, Greg, but given the headwinds that this club has been up against in such a short time, what they've done, I believe, has been pretty damn miraculous. Um, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, but they, it had good builders, as, as the great man once said. In the number 10 that they've got, this Rodolfo Pizarro is a beautiful technical footballer. Right. Um, but he needs company. He needs that outlet up, up top, no question. Um, but, you know, solid, solid goalkeeper looks as if they've got a very combative uh, midfield. And even some of the young kids up front, Robbie Robinson, uh, the number one draft pick, impressed a lot of people uh, in his early, early development. And the, the, the other lads at League win, uh, of course, and there's so many others. The goalkeeper, Robles, will be a leader. Yep. But it's a long journey, Greg. And, mm-hmm. You know, this unfolding of the, the, these players, there'll be some players that will arrive at this club over the next two, three years before they move back to Miami uh, that will be eye-openers. Uh, I'm, I'm sure of that because that's the way they're constructing this. And um, only time will tell, but, you know, the, the, it looks as if that's the way it's headed. So, all oh, good luck. Your admiration for the great soccer god Lionel Messi is well known. You know, if if, if you're David Beckham, you you don't want to become the old age home for 
38-year-old players, but I have a feeling they'd make an exception for Messi whenever he might want to uh, journey to South Florida. Did you ever? Can you daydream and see that happening, uh, a Messi or someone of, of that stature uh, coming here? Again, you look at the pulling power of, of David Beckham and you look at the, the deep pockets of this ownership group and the structure that they're putting together in between Fort Lauderdale and Miami, um, the whole operation is geared towards uh, attracting top-class players, the likes of a Cavani, the likes of a, uh, you, you know, the Mexican player, Pizarro. This isn't just chump change player. This is a class, a pure international class footballer. But what, what you're talking about is off a different planet. You know, the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi and Cavani, uh, David Silva, these types of players, what dreams may come, uh, as Shakespeare said. You know, we're dreaming right now, but we know that the, 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 the structure is one in which, uh, as much as any team in Los Angeles, into Miami, CF, are going to be able to compete and match any offer that comes to players who are available. And again, the Beckham factor is, is an enormous seduction because they know that this isn't going to be a complacent footballing club. The, the drive of the Mass Brothers, uh, the way it's all being orchestrated up to now. And again, I'll tell you quite honestly, Greg, I lost bets. Uh, with a couple of my friends, a couple of big breakfasts that I'm going to have to pay for <laughs> sooner or later, that I don't think they had a, dog, a, a, a snowball and a microwave's chance of getting this thing underway. Mm-hmm. But they did it. And that shows you how compelled they are and how incredibly, um, not just adventurous with it, but committed to, to the task at hand. And I've got to give a big nod of a not just a nod of approval, but one, I'm so proud of my town, my city, Fort Lauderdale, that the city of Fort Lauderdale came through in one of, when, the, when the light was getting pretty bleak around the whole operation. It was the city of Fort Lauderdale that came through and showed that, you know, they can believe in this and they do believe in this and back this whole mechanism all the way down. And I just hope against hope that the city of Miami matches that ambition and matches that vision yes. that Fort Lauderdale actually provided. Yeah, now I, it turns back to Miami and we will see. We're speaking, uh, and, and happily so, with Ray Hudson, who a uh, former great player and, and for years now, probably the best soccer in-game analyst on anybody's air, certainly the most colorful. Um, in your years as, as a, a terrific analyst in the sport. Uh, have you ever had a, an, an embarrassing moment on TV when you misspoke or said something you shouldn't have? Uh, I think the most embarrassing one when was I lost it with my great partner, Phil Shane, who is the, uh, the regular uh, play-by-play commentator. Right. And on this game um, against Real Madrid, Real Madrid were playing and Ica Casillas was in goal. And I think Beckham was playing that day as well. Um, and Tom Cruise was in the in the executive box, and and the camera kept going to Tom Cruise, and it kept on annoying me because <laughs> this this great Real Madrid team was about to win La Liga. <laughs> 
they were about to win, and the camera kept going to bloody Tom Cruise, <laughs> and and then David Beckham, and and Phil kept on stating the about Tom Cruise and about Beckham, and I lost it. I said, "Will you keep stop talking about stupid Hollywood actors? This is the land <laughs> of the bullfighters." And I just went off on a tear That's against poor Phil, uh, and I, and I, and and that was pretty embarrassing, but. It went viral, that's for sure. And oh, uh, you can still look it up. It was uh, poor Phil, but he knows <laughs> how to push my buttons, Phil Sheen, let that's, me tell you. That's terrific. So. Ray, it's uh, it's always a pleasure. Honored for you to be uh, the, the first guest on uh, on my podcast here. Thanks much. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Anytime, Greg. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you, Ray Hudson, for the keen eye on soccer and Inter-Miami. Uh, we've enjoyed uh, covering that guy for a long time. He's been uh, one of the real gems in, in South Florida sports. Uh, all right, we move on now. I was telling you about this before. I'm excited to actually hear it in the podcast because it was a, a, a ball recording. It was a lot of fun to record. You get to meet my other son, Michael, right now, who kind of hosts this thing. We're calling it Greg Cody Doesn't Watch Movies. And now let's find out if that's true. Thanks, Dad. This is Chris Cody. And this is uh, a little awkward, honestly. I'm standing in my dad's closet with my brother, Michael Cody, and my father, Greg Cody. And I don't think we did a good enough job describing this closet. The first episode we mentioned that you were doing this from your closet and how I, I feel like there's some people that might have assumed that you have a huge closet. Because when you say walk-in closet, people are like, ooh. Yes. But like, no, this is like, yes, you get to walk in. Like right now, the three of us awkwardly are standing in here and that there's no room for anyone else. It's like, a crowded walk-in yes. closet right yeah. now. Yes. It's enough people. for like us three, really. All right, like, so now that we've painted the picture of how awkward this is, I want to kind of describe you know, the genesis of why we're playing this game. We're going to be playing a game called Greg Cody Doesn't Watch Movies, and it's pretty self-explanatory. He doesn't watch any movies. And so we thought it would be fun to test him on information about movies that you all right now, if you're listening to me, you're going to know all of these answers, or at least 90% of them. So we wrote down a bunch of questions, and we're going to ask him, and we're all going to laugh at how, <laughs> how, how ridiculous it is that he does not know any of these answers. Are you confident going into this? Well, I don't go to movies. I don't go to theaters. Um, I do occasionally, you know, your mother will rent a movie on TV or something or whatever you call that. You know, get a movie that's in the theaters. Now, for example, I just watched The Joker with Phoenix. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> What? Joaquin so, so Phoenix. So you're, you're holding up that you just watched a movie. I just watched The Joker, arguably the most popular movie in America. It is, you know, not to be a stickler, it is just Joker. Yeah. Anyway, oh, right. I thought it was the no, Joker. No, I it was Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so he's confident. He just saw Joker with Phoenix. So let's get to this game. It's Greg Cody Doesn't Watch Movies, hosted by Michael Cody. Are you ready? I'm ready. We're going to start you off with a doozy here. Which actor played Iron Man? Iron Man. Uh, had to be like a... Huge. A big steroids guy or something. He was, um, he was a big star. Was it... Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? Big steroids guy? No, uh, was it The Rock? Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> Wait, who is Iron Man, Greg? Well, it's a cartoon, right? <laughs> it's, well, it's a It's a green, as green superhero. <laughs> no. That's a green lady. Oh, I'm thinking of Hulk. <laughs> I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of the Hulk. Oh my god, that's why you said big steroid guy. I know. I, I the wasn't... Hulk is like so, you can't mess that up. Apparently I can. Yeah, no. It's oh. Robert Downey Jr. Oh god, I never would have gotten that. Really? 
A I thought you were going like that. that. This, I you're going to say, "Oh God, that was obvious." This no. was one of the ones where I'm like, "He has to get that." No, Bob Downey. All right, next question: Who starred in the movie "Catch Me If You Can" alongside Tom Hanks? No idea. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was Catch a pretty large Steven Spielberg. It was a pretty large. Catch movie. Me If You Can. Alongside who? Alongside Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. All right, yeah. it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, I didn't. I wouldn't have gotten that in a hundred. You've years. never. Have you even heard of the movie Catch Me If You Can? It sounds like an old time movie from the oh, 40s. You know what? I think. I think it is a remake. Yeah, I think, I think it is. A Anyways, all right. So moving on. All right, here we go. This is a good one. I'm going to say the names of three people. Two of them are famous actors. I want you to tell me which one is not a famous actor. You ready? I'm ready. One of them is not. John Krasinski, Whit Merrifield, Chadwick Boseman. Oh, my God. I know the first one's an actor because I love his work in The Office. Oh, damn. Um, the the so, other so, two... you're, so you're saying between Chadwick Boseman and Whit Merrifield. Right, they're both made-up names. <laughs> um, so it, I'm flipping a coin here. I'm going to say Whit Bofield or whatever his name is. <laughs> Whitman, Whitman, Chaz, Bofield. I can't even remember Chadwick the names. Chadwick Boseman, Whit Merrifield. Which one of them is not an actor? Okay, both are made-up names. I would say Whit Merrifield is not an actor. Okay. We could not be more happy. Who is Whit Merrifield, then? No clue. Chadwick Boseman was the guy who starred in The Black Panther. He's a known actor. He, he, also, cartoon, played, he also played right? Jackie... No, The Black, <laughs> the Black it's Panther. A, it's a Marvel the, movie. The Marvel movie that was very popular. Okay, it was marvelous. Right? He was also he played James Brown in like a biopic. He played Jackie Robinson. And, and you're like, who? I still don't know. Papa got a brand new bag. <laughs> that is so you to just hear James Brown and then sing a song of his. All right. Uh, and then, by the way, Whit Merrifield is a player for the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta Not admit it. Not just a player, a start, like a good second yes. base. You gotta player. admit it sounds like a made-up he's, name. He's like their best player. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's do this. What actor famously portrayed the Joker in The Dark Knight and then posthumously won an Oscar for it? Oh, wow. Um, I have an idea, but I'm not coming up with a name. <laughs> That and just so you know, it is not Joaquin Phoenix. Right. No, I can't. Uh, I can't picture. Uh, I, I can't come up with a name. Right. Is Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. That's it. I know that name. It's funny that after we'll say an answer, he then like makes it seem as if he said it. Like, see, ah, I got it. Well, I've, you know, Ledger is in my wheelhouse. <laughs> what? You know, Heath Ledger. Okay. Here we go. What movie starring Lindsay Lohan is about high school girls who are really mean to each other? Um. I think the answer for me was in the question. I think it's Mean Girls. Yeah, wow. We really wanted that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you know, well, I know. Yeah, yeah. Lohan. She's like, a singer, isn't she? No, also, huh? she? I guess but she But what's was. also great is, like, just the fact that it went that way shows how little you know. Right. Because, like, most people be like, Mean Girls. <laughs> right. But you were like, I'm thinking. Yeah, if the, if the word mean had not been in it the question. To, That's why it, we I did it. We it. did that for comedic purposes. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Name one of the two actors that star in the Bad Boys trilogy. Um, I'm not positive, but I'm going to guess Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I mean, they're black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got the half right. It's black, man. It's, no, it's Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Oh, okay. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> anyway, next up. Which Disney animated movie features the famous song, Let It Go? I have no clue. <laughs> And I'm a Disney fan. I get a Disney <laughs> check every week. I'm a big fan of Disney. Uh, I can't think of right, a the movie. Is fro- the movie is Frozen. Frozen. Who sang Let It Go? Uh, 
Adele Nazim. Wickedly talented. You've made claims that this movie is one of your favorites. Yes. Name three characters from the animated movie The Lion King. Okay. Uh, Simba. Pumba. <laughs> and uh, the dad lion. All right. No, you got to name him. Uh... Oh, oh man, I thought he's, you were going to nail this. He's like, Jafar. How do you only know one of the duo that he just said second? Right. Pumba and... Uh, <laughs> and he says the one that is second. Like, yes. Uh, the dad lion. What I was mean, the brother oh name? God. What about the brother? Oh, the evil brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he keeps saying, like, who they are. The evil brother. What I was mean, his name? I don't know. All right. Dad, wait, you can't think of this? No. Not offhand. Simba. Simba, I said Simba. All right, all right, so, all right, Simba like so it's that. the dad is Mufasa. Mufasa, of course. The brother is Scar. Okay, yep. And the first person of the duo that you said was Timon and Pumbaa. I wouldn't have gotten to Timon. That's, that's insane to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know that. All right, I got two out of three. Which actor played Peter Pan in the live-action Disney classic Hook? Wow, I can picture him. Wow, man. He's the... Uh, like the sexy actor who, oh my God. who um, played a pirate. <laughs> he goes, what's his name? No, it's Dad not Johnny Depp. Depp. That's what I was not thinking Johnny of. Depp. I was thinking of wow, Depp. I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you. Right, Depp would have been my answer. No. Depp would have been John my answer. John Depp. If I, tell you who, if I tell you who played Hook, will that help you? Not really. You're thinking too recently. Dustin who Hoffman played? played Hook. This was like when we were young. This is an older movie. Johnny Depp never played Hook. People have said the, the actor looked like you. He's no longer with us. <laughs> like that helps. Who is it? I, Robin Williams. Oh, Bob Williams. <laughs> Why do you keep doing wow. <laughs> I loved Robin Williams. Oh, I met him. Your phone's ringing. That phone, I gotta get it. I'm Why do you still wall. have a landline? Your mother. still in a closet. <laughs> I, he, she wants a landline. Anyway, here we go, Greg. You, you ain't gonna get this one. Which superhero have Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland all played? Nailing it! <laughs> Spider-Man. Wow. What name Toby. did you catch there? The Toby. Yeah. yeah. Toby Maguire. I was only, get, like, the, the way I originally wrote it was just going to be Toby Maguire, but then I was just like, like he doesn't be, know any of these clear. names. He has I'm, no idea who the other two are. I've never heard of the other two. I know. Yeah, but know. you had me at Toby. What historic movie franchise is the character Kylo Ren from? I've never heard that name before <laughs> yeah. in my life. <laughs> I know. Seriously. <laughs> There's no You're name. making up names. I know. Uh, you should name, we should try to name another character from that movie that he might not know. Kylo Ren. Uh... <laughs> Okay, what about um, Han Solo? Oh, the Star Wars. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was just, Kylo I was just, Ren. I was swinging for the fences there. Kylo Ren's kind of just like the, Kylo Ren's the new Darth Vader. Never heard of him. He's like, who's Darth Vader? <laughs> him or her? I've never. heard of Anyway, him. let's let's carry on here. Who stars opposite Ethan Hawke in the movie Training Day? God, what do you? Know? No clue. <laughs> really? What do you know? <laughs> I thought Hawk was an author. I didn't even know he was what an actor. What are you doing when these things are like around like <laughs> our culture and like big and like are you just like have your like ears shut like walking? I'm I'm living a life. I'm not devoting my life to movies. <laughs> All right, uh, it's it's uh, Denzel Washington. Ah, oh, Denzel. Well, this is our last question. Yeah. Um, I'll nail it. Uh, we had a lot of me and Chris had a lot of fun with this one. Um, <laughs> which of these three movie titles is an actual movie? All right, so we're going to name three movie titles. Yeah. Only one of them is a real I movie. I got the question. Okay, I'm not okay here we go. Except in movies. Born on the Rocks, Fork in the Sky, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I can honestly say <laughs> that I've never heard of any of those three movies. <laughs> that, that was the perfect thing. Uh, All right, read the titles again. Here we go, here we go. Born on the Rocks, Fork in the Sky, 
Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Okay, I'm going to say... First, like, try to eliminate one. Yeah, only one of them. Okay, Born on the Rocks, I'm going to eliminate. All right, that's was right. That, was that what it was called? Yeah. All right, that's right. That's correct. All right, um, so now we're down to two. I like the poetic quality of Fork in the Sky. That's a movie I would watch. <laughs> it's not a movie I watched, right. but it is a movie I might watch. Right. So I'm going to say Fork in the Sky. Is it a real movie? Yes. <laughs> Scott Pil- Pil- the Pilgrim movie? <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. There's somebody named Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim First the World is a movie. It was a good movie. It's a comedy. It's like it's really funny. I feel it's pride great. there because Michael and I, like, we each thought of one and I, that right. fork in the sky was Who mine. Who played Pilgrim? Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah was in the movie. That's, that's the funny thing is he'll ask who's in it. We'll say it, but there's no point. Wasn't Macaulay he- Culkin in that? Uh, no, Macaulay Culkin's brother was in that movie. Oh, okay, that's right. Roommate. The, that's other, right. the other Culkin. Yeah. yeah. I feel like somebody listening to this is going to write a movie called Fork in the Sky and make a million bucks and not even credit me. <laughs> I mean, I thought of it. <laughs> we, we, well, that's true. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? Yeah, we us. thought of that. All right. I feel like this was a good first installment yeah, we did of I Greg I feel like Cody. I did great. I feel no, like you did, did a- do great. For you, maybe better than we thought you were going to. I think we can say you did okay. All right. I, I think I can say thank you. Question mark. Right. Okay, the official tabulators tell me that I got three out of 13 right, which uh, in baseball is a 231 batting average. That's uh, going to demote me to the movie minor leagues. I'll tell you that. Uh, that was fun, though. We, we had a ball recording that, and we're going to do more of stuff like that because we had a blast doing it. It was fun to record. Uh, being in a closet with uh, both of my sons was uh, quite a thrill for me. And um, up next, we have a, uh, some quick thoughts on, on the NFL and the Dolphins. But mainly, coming up, we still have Amin El Hassan, the ESPN expert, who's going to be doing a deep dive into the Miami Heat and how deep they can go in the NBA playoffs. And spoiler alert, quite deep is the answer. And we got all that coming up next. Seventeen games. The NFL schedule grows from 16 regular season games to 17 in the new collective bargaining agreement being voted on, along with an increase from six to seven playoff teams per conference. And here's the one small aspect of this you don't hear discussed, because it is significant really only in Miami. See, the perfect season, the Dolphins' unique 17-0 distinction from 1972 will get that much harder to ever equal. It's simple math. You'll have to win an extra game. Miami's singular perfection has withstood 47 years of challenges and now gets a little help. Bill Belichick may well surpass Don Shula's career records for wins. The Lord of the Patriots trails Shula now by only 55 regular season wins and by only 43 overall, including playoffs. That's what, four or five years' work? But Shula's distinction as the only perfect season coach will be more impenetrable than ever if the NFL gets the added game at once. Donald Francis Shula is 90 years old, by the way, alive and well, still perfect. Hello. Hey, Jake. Hey, Amin. How are you doing? How's it going? It's, it's going great. I appreciate you doing this. This is a fledgling podcast. We're uh, trying to get it off the ground like a, a, a big Zeppelin, like a dirigible. So uh, we appreciate you coming aboard. So he's not like a Zeppelin. 
<laughs> well, you never know what's going to happen. We could go down in flames and uh, and be on the late news. I mean, a lot of it, uh, no pressure, but a lot of it depends on how good you are as uh, oh. as uh, as one of my first guests on this new enterprise here. This is uh, this is major. I, I just want to be. I want to confirm. I am the first guest in Greg Cody's show history, right? Well, this would be a big thrill for me and uh, and mostly for you if you were. But you know, I. I can't go that far. You know, if, if, if you're great, if you're fantastic, um, then, then you're bound to be on top. But otherwise, uh, you're no worse than second place. So that's not too bad, right? No, no, no. I, I, I don't like this at all. I, I want to <laughs> know that I, I was the, the first guy he called on, said, hey, we're doing this podcast. Episode two, we're going to start bringing in guests. And my name was the top of the list. I, okay. That's what I want. I want... They, they circled my name and said, get me Amino Hassan. Yes, I am, right. I am capable of, of lying to that degree. So, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, you were my first choice. But um, you, you, you sort of were in the sense that I want to get heat intensive. Help us understand this heat team. They start off 24-8. and eight. They're one of the talks of the league. Then there's sort of an extended 500-type malaise. They've been playing better recently, including a really exhilarating win over the mighty Milwaukee Bucks. What do you make of this Heat team? Well, I think I think as far as who this team is, it's a team of overachievers. This is a team that's going to win more often than not because of execution, because of discipline, because they do things right more often than their opponents do. Um, they don't, as from a talent standpoint, at this point, they just don't have enough to be able to say, well, we didn't have our, our A game, but our talent saw us through. Jimmy Butler is, is, is awesome, and Bam looks like he's going to be a tremendous player, but he's not there yet. Bam's not there yet, and Jimmy by himself isn't, I think, good enough to just take a bad performance and lift it up. So this is a team that has to be – their margin of error is, is not that great. How much stock do you give – how much weight do you give to the fact that Miami has beaten Milwaukee twice and that uh, Bam Adebayo seems to – be able to turn the Greek freak a little bit mortal. I put tremendous stock in it, and I think, but it, I think it has a lot more to do with Milwaukee than it does Miami. I, I think Milwaukee, for us, defensively, this is a team that likes to be very aggressive at the point of attack. I think they give up more open threes than any other team in the league. And so you look at Miami, you say, okay, first of all, from a defensive standpoint, look at our personnel. You have Bam, but you also have Jimmy Butler. You also now have Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala, who are bigger physical defenders, high IQ defenders. And then offensively, we have an offensive system where the ball does not stagnate. It doesn't stick in anyone's hands. It moves very quickly. So if you look at it, like if I was going to try and design a team that was going to beat Milwaukee, it would look a lot like Miami. Now, is Miami good enough to beat other teams? Maybe, maybe not. But I think Milwaukee in particular is a very good matchup for the Miami Heat. Who's the East team best equipped? to reach the finals and, and, and give a go to uh, Milwaukee, do you think? I think it's between oh, – man, that's tough. I think if I had to rank the three, I think I would go Miami, Toronto, Boston. And the funny thing is I'm not ranking them as far as which ones are the best among those three. I'm saying if you're telling me which team has the best chance of beating, beating the Milwaukee Bucks in a playoff series, you know what, I'll flip-flop that. Say Toronto, Miami, then Boston third. We are speaking and honored to do so with Amin Al-Hassan, NBA expert for ESPN and, um, and, and the historic uh, first or second guest on our podcast. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Who's but, the other uh, guy? Who's uh, the other guy? Well, the other guy is, uh, you know, you may not even know the name. It's, it's local soccer legend uh, Ray Hudson. Are you a soccer fan, by the way? 
I, I am. I, I grew up a soccer fan. Uh, I'm trying to be an MLS fan now as it's, it's getting more footing under it. But I just got to tell you right now, Greg, if you want this thing, if you want this thing to be the Goodyear blimp and not the Hindenburg, right? You can't lead with soccer. You got to lead with Miami Heat are hot right now, man. Basketball is hot. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. You got to lead with me. You can't go with no offense to Ray Hudson. Right, but come on, like what, you got to leave as a strong foot, and that way it creates a bubble of you know, protection. Yes. For yes. all the other off, off-topic kind of you know off the beaten path topics you want to talk I about. Like I'm I... helping Ray Hudson out by being the first guest. You you make a strong argument. I'm going to tell you that uh, it's a very strong argument that we're going to consider at the next executive board meeting of the podcast. Um, I want to close. Uh, I want to let you go, but I, I want to ask you for uh, last thing. You know as well as anybody that Pat Riley enjoys sort of godlike status down here. A lot of Teflon on him, much of it earned over the years. How do you look at what he's done to sort of survive the post-Big 3 era and get the heat repositioned? Well, first of all, I want to point out that when Jimmy Butler was an ac- was, was a trade target, I pointed out that the, the Heat would ab- should absolutely go after him, and everyone on Levitard's show was like, "Jimmy Butler, who's he? I don't even, is he good enough to demand a trade request and all that?" So it's really nice to see Miami really embrace after kind of some of the shenanigans that was spoken on that on that yes. damn radio show. Yes. But as far as Pat Riley goes, I thought where he became wayward was when, as we talked about earlier with Deion Waiters, when Pat stopped believing in something that they've been doing since 1995, which is. We find guys that nobody else knew about, and we make them into bona fide good NBA players. Vashawn Leonard, Ike Austin, uh, Dan Marley when everyone thought Dan was done, Joel Anthony. Uh, there's a long list of these guys throughout the history of the Miami Heat. And so when he kind of, Hassan and James Johnson, Deion Waiters, these were great reclamation projects. But the idea is when you, you buy a fixer-upper, you fix it up and then you sell it. You don't live in it. And so he lived in it with those guys. He gave them all that money yep. where I was saying, well, you, you found them, you fixed them, and this is what you've always done. Why don't you just find the next group? And so now that they've gotten away from that, you see what with the resources they have in terms of scouting, in terms of reagent money, they're good at doing this. And when you have a guy in Jimmy Butler who's a bona fide star, you got a guy in Bam Adebayo who looks like he's going to be a star in this league for a while, now you've got a scenario where it is attractive for other free agents to come. Players want to play somewhere where it looks like they know what they're doing. I'm not going to go to New York just because it's New York when everything they do looks like the wrong thing. I'm going to go somewhere where it looks like they know what they're doing. And what Miami's done and what Pat Riley's done is reestablish, we know what we're doing here. I mean, uh, thank you very much. Seriously, really appreciate it. Anytime. Yeah, thanks no problem. Appreciate it. Well, family, that's it for episode two of the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. We really appreciate you listening. We appreciate the support. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate your support in this new endeavor so much. As for next week's show, I can tell you we had a big name lined up as far as who that is or what else is in store. You all have to check it out because you never know. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.